especially for both of you. I can imagine you're working around the clock and things have been getting a little hectic and stressful. Uh, but while it's been stressful, what's it been like to be able to serve the people of Baltimore in their time of need? Lisa, you want to take this one? I'm sure. Um, you know, it's been really awesome. We were kind of um, at a loss of what we were going to do. And then Aaron took it upon himself to kind of think of a design that might work for the community that would be affordable for most people and a way that we could be able to um, donate and be able to make them quickly enough because, yeah, it has been stressful at times because the orders keep coming in and we totally understand why I want to get them out to everyone as quickly as possible. It's been awesome to see the sigh of relief come over them when they get the masks or if we're able to supply anybody who needs them and the hospitals or who work, who, anyone who's working with the elderly. So it's been really, really awesome to see that and just all the support and love we've been getting from everyone. Awesome. So I want to talk a little bit more about the masks. Um, what exactly are they made of? So initially, I literally went to a fabric store. <laughs> I was walking around trying to find things to keep me busy. <laughs> you know, so fabric and paint and all kinds of stuff. And while I was there, I was like, you know what? I think we should try to take a stab at making masks. Um, a friend of ours kind of brought it to my attention. I mean, I've been thinking about it, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to jump right into it. But I also thought about, you know, our tailor shop business. Due to COVID-19, all of our tailoring clients have had, all their events have been canceled, so we had to stop completely. We went to having 15 clients, you know, a week to zero. Uh, while I'm in the store, I pretty much bought some, bought some fabric, um, specifically some broadcloth, something a little bit more thicker, but breathable, uh, and something that, that, would, that would manage well in the washing machine as well. Um, and then went in the jewelry section and found some, um, elastic bands, right? Um, I got home, made a few samples. Literally, I think I walked in the hospital. At least, all right, this is it. We're gonna make masks. And she's like, "What?" <laughs> you know, after making, having a few runs, trying to figure out the best, the best uh, process, we went through a couple uh, variables of elastic, different types of elastic, different types of fabrics. Uh, now I think we we mastered making the perfect product at a reasonable cost, but also um, the process of how to make it. Um, has has been, you know, we we mastered figuring out how to make it at a, at a reasonable rate. Um, so now we're finally we're broad, using broadcloth and also we're using the quarter inch elastic uh, bands, which is we've been ordering from New York City. Um, we got a friend of mine in New York who's been going to the store, sending us sending us rolls of elastic, and um, you know as we've been going, we've been having clients coming with fabric and. Just trying to make make use of what we got around us. You know, we got lemons. We got to make lemonade mm -hmm. instead of being like, "Oh man, I wish I had some iced tea," and I wish I had this. It's like we got to work with what we got. So, yeah, I think that's the awesome part. There's been so many people in the community community that have reached out and said like, "Hey, I have this cotton," or "Oh, I haven't used this fabric. Would you like me to bring it for you guys to use?" Um, and that's been so awesome and like just kind of people, you know. You both of you ended up answering you know, a question that I had is in these times, uh, the pandemic and the quarantine, it's definitely made you uh, or really forced you to think outside the box to source material and, and get the job done, it seems. Yeah, well, everybody's making masks at this point. It was kind of has to happen. What I've been saying is if you have the ability to use a sewing machine or if you use a sewing machine, you know, the best way to help all of us is to actually make some masks. And I mean, there's obviously there are people that are 
you know, everybody has their, um, we all have an understanding of what mask is considered like the perfect one for every everyone to have, but there's a shortage of it. We can't find them, you know? So, um, you know, the fact that people are bringing us fabric and you were just using our superpowers, as I've been saying, we just got superpowers. <laughs> so in order for us to use it for good, everybody involved has the potential to be helpful. We've been getting great response. People are very, very happy. You know, we're not out here trying to get rich. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we just want to make sure that our business can stay afloat once this is over. But we also want to make sure that people aren't, like, breaking the bank trying to protect themselves. In a uh, Instagram video that I saw um, from the carpographer, it was saying that you and Alicia are making around 500 masks a week. Is is that is that true? Uh, there was. About last week. I think now... Uh, I think Alicia might have a, a better number than I would. At that point, yeah, it was 500 a week. This week, it's probably... Uh, I I haven't looked at the numbers. It's right up there. Definitely, it's a lot of masks. At this point, there's so many people in our direct message, um, our DMs wanting masks, that I had to just take like a little break. I put a video up like, I'll get back to you later today. Um, and I get it. But everyone's being so patient and understanding and i'm hoping this energy continues when all of this is over because the amount of teamwork and community that i'm seeing happening right now in baltimore and i'm sure in a lot of other um, cities across the world um it just makes you feel good it really does like everyone's working together and then and I love that. Of all the masks that you're making, like let's say you're still at, you know, making 500 masks per week, each one of those 500 masks turning around and being sold, like everything that you're making is just going right out the door? Yeah. Yes. Well, literally, I'm sitting in Silver Machine right now. Wow. Yeah, I'm sitting in Silver Machine right now and everything is made to order because we can't, we don't have enough time to build enough inventory. Let's say we took two or three days to sit down and make a whole bunch of inventory, whatever that might be. Let's say it's a thousand masks. We could very well potentially sell them probably in a day if they're available. So yeah, because it's, it's, just, it's just me and Alicia, we can't really, yeah. we don't have a whole lot of hands. Like Alicia just started sewing, which is great. It's been a huge help. And a lot of people are ordering for them to be shipped. So uh, we've had orders from Texas, Maine, um, Virginia, and then now we're going to be sending some to Mississippi, um, Memphis. Um, yeah, so different people are seeing us in different cities or they have family members or whatever. And then it's like a chain effect. Once you once a family member here sees it, they send it to a family member that's in another state. That family member in another state then says, hey, I need more for so-and-so or they've let their neighborhood know or whatever. So it's not even just people here in Baltimore anymore. It's spread out. And I think that there's room for so many more people, like Aaron said, if you have a sewing machine, to start making these masks to donate, to give away, I mean, you know, to, to sell, whatever. Um, just there's a lot of people who need them. And like you said, there's only two of us. So people, there's more help that's needed. <laughs> Given everything that is going on, you know, it is objectively, we're not in a good place, but in that bad place, it sounds like both of you have been able, you know, first to service a need that the public has, but you're working in like that perfect sweet spot where you got enough work to to keep you main, maintaining, but you got to do that balancing act of making sure you don't overextend. Yeah, for sure. Between the time you wake up, 
to the time of sleep. At least he's probably talked to 40 or 50 people via Instagram and organizing orders. Um, and between me and here, just cutting everything, sewing everything, putting on straps. We're also dedicating a great amount of time just to make sure that everybody's satisfied. You know, these types of things is always bound to be hiccups. But like Alicia said, people are, are very understanding. They're very, very uh, resourceful. You know, they understand it's a two-man band here. Um, but, you know, exceedingly, we're here to, to make sure we can supply what people need, but also we want to make sure people are happy. Process. Uh, just a follow-up question for that. Would you be able to like get volunteers together, or just given with everything that's happening, the less people working around you, the better? This is the sweet spot for me, Alicia. We don't. Our shop isn't very large. We don't have a whole lot of machinery. I think once this thing turns into a five-person situation, now you got to manage four other people. We got to make sure things you need done on time, and you know, we just want to make sure we can get through. You know what I mean? We live together. We're together. And then we go to the shop. We're not bringing in a third party or anybody who else who might be sick and not know it. And we don't live in the same home. So keeping it tight with two people, it Mm. keeps it as safe as possible. We're constantly wiping down. We're constantly hand sanitizing, all those good things. So then when people come to the door, we can just open it hand it to them or we go outside and take it to their car or you know whatever but even if someone does need to wait inside then we keep it you know one other person coming in and they're sitting in the front and we're all in the back and then we'll bring it up to them we don't want to have too many different people coming yeah. in and out not at all not at all and then you know not to mention it's how do we make a product to want to keep people safe but we're not practicing safe practices you know what i mean it's kind of like a oxymoron it's like oh we're going to do that so we can help people but we're going to put everybody in the front room and have a wait <laughs> like it's an office. Like, that doesn't add up, you know what I mean? So, yeah, exactly. Um, All right, I'm uh, going to start wrapping up here. Does creating face masks give you ideas for new products to make and sell for when this is all over? Um, I know for me personally, uh, um, in order for um, sometimes, like, like, most of the time, life happens and it gives you an idea to do something. Um mm-hmm. In this case, like I said, um, you know, when the time is right, I, I want it to be as organic as possible for it to make sense. Um, right now, my mindset is at some point, this is just going to be stopped. It's just going to stop, right? People aren't going to need masks or people are going to often want masks and then wearing a mask outside is going to be a regular thing. And if that's the case, then we then we build the supply chain separately, right? Mm-hmm. Then we, like, set up a situation where, this this little pocket over here makes masks only. It doesn't interfere with the tailor shop. You know what I mean? Um, but if the demand doesn't if the demand doesn't um, you know put us in a position where we feel like we have to do that, we're not gonna. We want to get back to a regular schedule program. Um, you know, I, I definitely I'm down to be creative as possible um, going forward. But right now it's uh, it's more of a Let's make sure everybody's safe in the meantime. And then once things start to slow down, I think we'll start to see a peak um, and potential for maybe this might be something later or maybe, maybe not. But for now, I'm just living in the moment. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be positive every day, trying to make sure that we're keeping everybody safe. Last question. Well, I guess you already kind of answered it. You already told me what's coming up next. Just going to keep on making masks and uh, serving the community. So is there anything um, either of you want to talk about that we haven't already gone over? Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, well, I guess we can talk about our, our tailor shop. Um, 
Yeah, hey, I, you, I don't know if you've ever been here before, uh, Jason, but our tailor shop is essentially, um, you know, we wanted to be a place of comfort, right, for for all people who need alterations, no matter what the issue is. Um, so we want to kind of make sure that this this experience kind of shows people that we have we want to keep that sense of honesty and a sense of care. Um, like I said, this is our this is probably our peak season right now in the tailor business. Um, all proms, all weddings are canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not really sure where we'll end up once this thing is opened up. But we, but just like Alicia said, we hope people will keep the same energy um, to make sure our business can stay afloat. You know, like the hardest thing is is trying to pivot, right? Um, but our tailor shop is the reason why we're here. It's the reason why all this stuff is possible. Um, we don't want people to forget that our alteration, our alteration business is um, it's definitely a, a, a big factor in our lives, but not to mention we want to be a big factor in everybody else's lives too. Bushes of Baltimore is always going to be here. Right now we're just making masks, but future needs, we want anybody interested, visit us on Instagram, at Bushlers Be More, um, and it's on Facebook as well, Bushlers Be More. Um, you can go on our website to book an appointment. Um any slots that are available uh, we'll, we'll be there ready to serve you awesome fantastic and uh, Alicia any any last words before we, we finish up no he summed it up but yeah people are just uh, still reaching out about about alterations which I just think is so funny but um, <laughs> I, I, I get it they have they've had time to go through their closets they're looking at things and want to get want to get them altered so I just I've been encouraging people to use this time to do that. Um, repurpose uh, the clothes that you already have. Our alteration shop really focuses on um, uh, stopping uh, clothes waste. I want to thank both of you for uh, taking time out of your day to sit down with me and answer a few questions. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Much thank appreciate you. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you guys have a good rest of the day, okay? You too, buddy. You too. All right, bye. bye.